We're recording this on, I'm checking my phone, Tuesday, the 12th of January, my time, 2021, 11th of January, your time. Um, obviously, post the, uh, what, are, what are we calling it now? Insurrection, riot, attempted coup Failed at the uh, US Capitol. Mm. Yeah, Worst had, coup uh, ever, which is what right. I posted on the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you're going to arrange something like that, either I don't know, get some gay guys or get someone who knows they who knows how to organize things. But it was horribly mismanaged, but not as bad as the uh, D.C. police. So uh, could have been. Yeah, but they had the uh, with the plastic ties. They clearly were going to abduct some people. Some people say they were they had a hit list of what Pelosi, Mike Pence, Schumer. So who knows what their true intentions were. But fortunately, um, they didn't make it. Well, I don't know about fortunately. That's a matter of opinion, I guess. But uh, it is an opinion. <laughs> it is an opinion. Yeah. Uh, um, I uh, well, let's let's sort of recap um, mm-hmm. what happened, um, et cetera, et cetera. I got in a lot of trouble. Uh, it was sort of early morning our time. I woke up, checked the news, like six a.m. my time, saw it, and was like, "Oh shit!" and um, told Chrissy when she woke up and she got really angry with me um, because she sensed too much joy in my telling of the story. (laughs) I had to spend, I spent the entire day trying to explain to her, look, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not, not happy about it. Right. Yeah. Um, has to happen. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel disconnected from the whole thing. I don't really. Right. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. She said, but she said, but you know, you have my family lives in America. This is my country. Then I said, well, look, they're not going to war today. This right. is, you know, this is just another step in the whole thing. I don't want anyone in America to get hurt. That right. said, this has been a long time coming. I've been saying for a long time on this show, this is yeah. going to end in violence and a civil war. Um, and we're not there yet, obviously, no. but I think that was precursor. Yes. Well, you could have told her this is like watching on the news one of the uh, many, many countries that America has bombed over the years yeah. since 2001. It's it's like they just take out the American equation. That's mm. what you see on the news. Yeah, well, you know, Venezuela or, or you know, uh, attempted coups in Venezuela sponsored by the United States, et cetera, et cetera. Right. 
Uh, yeah, I did use those analogies. Didn't help much. She said, yes, but no. your wife isn't from Venezuela and doesn't have family in Venezuela. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. But, right. um, you know, for me, I'm not American. Uh, right. I don't wish ill upon the people of America, but uh, I do believe that America is a toxic world superpower and um, there needs to be changes uh, in order to reinvent America. And uh, it's not going to happen peacefully, I don't think. It is going to happen violently, unfortunately. Right. Well, now let's give ro- it won't yeah, necessarily sorry, it won't necessarily yeah. be better afterwards. As Ooh, I pointed out in my book, The Psychopaths. Right. <laughs> well, as I pointed out in the book, go back through history, most violent um revolutions have not ended well. Right. Uh including the American yeah. Civil War didn't mm-hmm. really end well. Um I was Open listening world. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, for and the white relations. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was listening to an interesting podcast um, over the weekend by some uh, African-American history professor. She was talking about, I think it's the Hayes deal mm. um, that ended Reconstruction. You know, we've talked about this on, I think, this show before. I think it was um, Isaac Hayes, uh, the um, R&B singer, uh, who got who in played, there with his deep voice. Who played uh, Chef on right. South Park, I think. Right. Hello, right. children. Uh, I think it was him when he, was, when he was running for president around <laughs> 1880 or something like that, where he, he <laughs> did a deal with the South that yeah. uh, they would let him be president if he withdrew federal troops from the South and... Uh, they uh, then were able to continue to oppress the the uh, yeah. Negro population in the South. Give us uh, a free so, this, as she said, the millions of people who uh, put their lives on the line to support the North in the war just got thrown under the bus by yes. the North uh, twenty years later. You probably know a lot now, more about that than I do. Yeah, brother. Then again, Hayes, you yeah. are you. So That's true. Not. You never know what you're going to get with Ray. That's my <laughs> motto. Exactly. Rutherford B. Hayes. That's him, yeah. Isaac's Hayes, brother. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half brother. Um, just like the uh, the rioters found out when Trump made that very non-emotional, mm. listless video, this is wrong, this is not what America is about, please. I mean, you could tell he was reading it off a cue card, and he didn't like doing it. And of course, the next day he said, I, I really didn't want to do that. So those people... Um, we're very pissed. And there was a lot of stuff on Reddit, you know, saying he he betrayed us. We can't trust the Supreme Court. What are we going to do when we have been robbed of an election? Well, you weren't robbed, but they really do feel like they were. And they still haven't been satisfied with their mm. with their defeat. Emotion. I spent a lot of I spent a lot of that day and the uh, ensuing days on the Donald.win website. Um, Right. Which is a Tell it's a massive uh, pro Trump forum, and yeah, it was fascinating to watch uh, the narrative from woo yeah, on the day woo this is it we're taking we're taking back the government to right. those aren't Trumpers doing this no. this is Antifa causing all the violence in costume yeah Antifa you know false yeah. flag Antifa attacks right. To uh, Donald betrayed us. 
Um, right. we, we need to find a new leader. Uh, some people saying, well, listen, he's been out the front taking all of the bullets on our behalf for five or six years. Right. Um, it's, it's time for us to take over. Uh, you know, you can't expect him to do it by himself forever. Um, whole range of emotions and opinions, but um, certainly they all seem to, you know, they're not weak, weren't weakening in their resolve. That, as you say, oh, it's not over. Mm-hmm. They have been, they have been stolen. The election was stolen. They've been betrayed, and um, yeah, you know, there's now. I, I see the FBI is now saying they're uh, they're expecting violence in. Yeah. I think 40 cities uh, come inauguration day. All 50 capitals or other state governments and either on the 17th or the 20th. So supposedly something much bigger is being organized, but there will be clashes. But now that the uh, American government and the military is aware of it, uh, there's going to be a lot of National Guard troops out. Uh, So who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it's going to be even bigger violence. But I'm sure you've read this. A lot of off-duty cops from different parts, uh, different parts of the country were the ones who were storming in to the Capitol. A lot of uh, either retired military or reservists were amongst that crowd. So I don't know how much better I feel knowing that cops are going to be between them and me or National Guards, because like we were discussing with Danny, I mean, those are the people that really do make up uh, the Trump base in a lot of ways. And they're the ones who've got weapons and experience. So we'll see what happens. Just like this, we have no idea what's going to happen. Not that the storming of the Capitol was any evidence of uh, any ability to do anything. I mean, it was a trip, a typical Trump uh, initiative in that it was poorly planned and right. poorly, poorly executed. Right. But I guess the fascinating, okay, so, uh, you know, I saw a lot of debate on Facebook that day and the day after saying, well, it's not really a coup. Uh, it, it, it was just, uh, <laughs> it was. Coup-ish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nuvo coup. The latest coup from right. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Cherry coup. It was cherry coup. Diet coup. Do right. a diet coup. <laughs> That's my favorite diet coup. Um, because the the footage that we saw of it, there was a lot of people laughing and having a good time. Yes, a woman got shot in the neck. Four other people, I think, died. A cop died getting his head beaten in with a fire extinguisher. Yes. Um, another cop has died, but we don't really know the circumstances yet around uh, who was there or what, mm-hmm. what the circumstances were surrounding it. But so the sad. stories that have come out since then, I heard another podcast on the weekend, an interview with a Mother Jones journalist who was there. He right. was talking about uh, the violence that he witnessed and was threatened with and uh, heard the violent things people were saying about mm-hmm. no one gets out of here alive. There was a hangman's noose. Yes. Uh, there was a, there's yeah. more and more reports coming out from eyewitnesses of violent rhetoric. Uh, people were carrying um, wrist ties. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever you call them, zip ties. Straps, zip ties, there you go. But, and and there were some pipe bombs discovered uh, in a vehicle, I think. There were some weapons right. there. But, you know, they, they weren't heavily armed to the teeth, as you would expect someone who's trying to right. take down uh, the capital would have been. So uh, it obviously wasn't, it doesn't seem to have been planned to be a violent overthrow. 
Right. But that, with all due respect, that's like saying, I'm going to rob this bank. I could use a gun. I'm only going to use a knife. I really don't want to hurt anybody. I might slap some people around, but my goal is to just commit this crime, but do it kind of nicely. I mean, it doesn't matter. They, they were, they barged past the police. They went into Capitol to, to the Capitol building. Federal crime doesn't matter. You're right. I mean, you're right in that it could have been a lot better executed, a lot better planned, and a lot heavier, uh, a lot more people with arms. It wasn't. And I guess we should be grateful that it wasn't. But uh, as you've been reading on the news, at least 80 people have been uh, arrested. These people are facing federal charges. Uh, but again, that's not going to dampen what may come in the future, because if anything, those people are martyrs. I mean, they're they're heroes to the cause. 80 people out of But they're literally using uh, uh, social media to find these people and then locate them. So that's why it takes a while. Yeah, but when they finally called out the National Guard, why wasn't the place circumvallated and everyone in there just put into vans and taken to Gitmo? It gets worse because, remember, they put in a 6 o'clock curfew. The National Guard finally comes out. The six o'clock curfew comes. There were people still standing around. Obviously, a lot of people had left. It was a lot more low key. But you would think just grab up everybody and throw them in a paddy wagon because we have a curfew. As far as I know, that either did not happen or it did not happen to a great extent as it should have to send a strong message. So yeah, leniency. Again, if these people had been black, we would still be counting the bodies and scraping the blood off the wall of the Capitol building. Or white, but, uh, you know, protesting police violence. So if it was a BLM mm-hmm. thing, um, uh, uh, it would have been planned, like the defensive would have been planned very differently. And the story about why there weren't more troops there has slowly mm-hmm. been emerging. Right. I've, I've heard various stories. So what's the yeah. latest? What have you heard? The latest that I heard when somebody was interviewed was that, they weren't given permission for the national guard to be called out and they finally had to get, they couldn't get Trump. They couldn't get Mike Pence. I think it was, it was it the secretary of defense that finally gave the, someone like that, a, a third tier uh, cabinet official, as far as I know, which the assistant secretary of defense, I think. Okay. There we go. I mean, that's literally the, how far down the line they had to go, but Trump would not give, uh, cause all he's got to do is not or say yes, and someone's going to make it happen. He did not give it. Let's be honest. I don't think he wanted it to happen. I was, again, I would really love to be in his head because one, you and I know that Mike Pence did not have the constitutional authority to do anything. He was basically Vanna White going, you know, whatever. He could not do anything, but Trump had it in his head. Yeah. Mike Pence dressed as Vanna White getting kind of turned on, if you know what I'm saying. But I guess Trump (laughs) convinced himself that, Pence could do something, or if there was enough screaming and shouting, they would be intimidated and somehow overturn the election. I again, I wonder what color the sky is in Trump's world. Yeah, look, in terms of whether or not it was an attempted coup, it seems undeniable that their intention, the crowd's intention, and Trump's mm-hmm. intention was for them to put some sort of pressure on Congress That's to. Declare Trump the winner of the election. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, changing. That's a, a, a by force mm-hmm. um, changing the outcome of an of an election, thereby changing the government. 
incoming government. That would appear to be the definition of a coup. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't looked it up in the dictionary. Have you looked it up in the dictionary lately? I think you're close enough. I think you threw the dart and you got close enough. So the point is, and and we're seeing a lot of fallout um, from this. I'm sure you've seen stuff in the news. Certain big businesses have promised not to give any money to either Republicans or Republican PAC parties for six months. A lot of companies are saying they will not be hiring anybody who's coming out of the White House because we certainly can't trust them. And all that's fine and good, and they should be they should be punished or whatever. But like you said, a couple of you know eighty or hundred people have been arrested out of thousands, and then even after all this happened, the majority of Republicans in the House and some of the senators still wanted to contest the election. I mean, until the big guys get their hands slapped, it doesn't really mean all that much. We'll just move on. According to my dictionary, a mm-hmm. coup is the seizure of power, overthrow, takeover, ousting, deposition, regime change, bloodless coup, palace revolution. So, definitely yeah. Coup. Yeah. It was definitely yeah, a they coup. They nailed it. Yeah. 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 But um, it's okay. Let's all come. Let's move past this. Let's focus <laughs> on unity. Let's all come together. You know what? I tried to beat you up. You hit me first. I fell down. And now that I've lost you and I should be friends. We should come together, Mm. put everything behind us and just focus on the future. Not what I tried to do 10 minutes ago, Mm -hmm. but let's be friends. That's bullshit. Are you, are you talking about the plot of uh, the latest season of Cobra Kai or are you talking about, (laughs) you know, could be very similar. similar. The only thing missing is Elizabeth (laughs) shoe. You know, Oh, you got to watch it, man. It's just the greatest Cobra Kai. is just the show that uh, keeps on giving. The three greatest things we're watching at the moment, Cobra right. Kai, um, what we do in the shadows. Oh, I've been meaning to check that out. Oh, yeah. so good. So fun. Vampires. There's probably Caesar in there somewhere. You got humor and blood. <laughs> what, what's not to love? Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords are behind it. And uh, right. they did a movie version years ago, and this is the TV series version. It's got Matt Berry in it. He's one of my favorite yes. comedian actors. But um yeah, it's shot like it's shot like The Office, like a mockumentary or Spinal Tap, right? Like they're right. interviewing them, but it's a coven of vampires living in a house, yeah. modern blah, times blah, blah. in Staten Island. Right. Yeah, but they're they're dumb as shit. They're you know they they they're stuck in the uh, in the like the twelve hundreds. Uh, they don't know how to do anything in the modern world. They've got uh, some young, some young fat guy who's their familiar who does everything for them. And but it's just really, it's it's really well written. Typical Taika Waititi stuff. Very funny shit. Right. The other thing we just finished watching is all four seasons of Mister Show. You ever okay. seen Mister Show? No, I know the actor from uh, Better Call Saul. Right. It's Bob Odenkirk and well, David right. Cross. Yeah. From um, I love both Arrest- of them. Arrested Development yeah. and many other things. Yeah. Their comedy show ran from '95 to '98. It was mm-hmm. the launching pad for people like uh, Jack Black and Sarah Silverman as well, really? Marilyn Raskob, bunch of bunch of great American comedic talent. Sort of used that and the Ben Stiller show that this came out of as well as their launching pads. But uh, just it's some of the probably some of the greatest timeless absurdist comedy sketches right since python um right. you know just high praise stands up so well yeah. like not a not a bad episode like every after every right. episode chrissy and i would turn it off and go holy shit like <laughs> how the fuck did they write that stuff how is that so right. good and how have we not watched it until now 
Now, we may have been a little bit baked when we were watching it, but the point is, it's Still really good. good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to the US. <laughs> well, I haven't seen any of those shows yet because I just finished binging Letterkenny, which I sent you an email about. Yeah, I got to check that out. Check that out. You, What's you it will- about? It's a, a simple farming family in Canada, except for they're young. They like to get into fights and drink and, and the word it's, it's like, uh, I don't, it, it's good physical humor, but it's got a lot of intellectual laughs as well. And it's very fast paced. I I'm guarantee that you will love it. So you should check that out when you get a chance. I went wow. through all nine seasons in two weeks. So holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have much to do, do you? <laughs> Oh, in the day of the uh, the attempted coup, we've established that it was an attempted coup. I was, you know, in front of my computer for four hours just watching all the footage going, oh, shit, this is three hours away from me. These people are fucking crazy. And, and who knows? Again, you never know how something like that is going to, to end, at least on that day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I bet. Yeah. Um, so, so there was the coup. We don't know why there weren't more troops there. What I've heard, what you sort of reflected before, right. Capitol Police, uh, before the event happened, were requesting support from the National Guard, Democratic uh, Congress women, uh, one in particular, I can't remember who, had uh, said she was on the phone on a conference call, I think the day before, with the head of the Capitol Police, um, try, they were all trying to figure out how they could get more troops there. Yeah. And they were just told they didn't like the optics. I think the Secretary of Defense said he didn't like the optics of the National Guard standing there in the and U.S. Capitol. Yeah. Secretary, yeah. Um, so it seems evident to me that the basic lay of the land is they were expecting there was a high possibility that it could get out of control. Um, and the Trump administration said, no, 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 it's, you know, we don't, we don't want want any troops in place. Exactly. Trial by combat, baby. That's what they got. So of course there's now talk that, uh, they're going to try and impeach Trump a second time. Wednesday. Right, and it will probably be successful this time. You have to imagine that even um, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, all these guys are just like uh, Trump is now completely toxic. Most of them are backing away from this. Well, it will pass in the House just because of the Democratic votes. My guess is for right now it will it will falter in the Senate, so he won't be officially convicted. But it, it will certainly be closer than the last time he was impeached and he will be the only president uh, in history to be impeached twice. Are we tired of winning yet? That's the question. I'm pretty sure they've got a good chance of getting it passed in the Senate. I mean, I I Mm. can't, I can't imagine many Republicans are going to uh, stand up and defend Trump as a result of this. No, not not. No, you're right. Not defend Trump, but it's a time for unity. It's time to come together. He's going to be gone in a couple of days. Uh, let's not put the country through this. Let's come together. Let's move on. That's going to be the stick they use. And at the end of the day, at the end of that speech, they're going to say, so therefore I have to vote no. It's Which bullshit, is the but- same shtick that Biden's been saying about yeah. unity and coming together. So it's pretty hard for the Democrats yeah. to argue <laughs> against that in some ways. Yeah. Um. Well, whether or not he's successful, uh, the question, they're successful, sorry, in the impeachment, second impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say that the inauguration uh, goes ahead without any acts of violence uh, getting in the way. 
What happens next? I mean, uh, you know, I've been saying for a long time, I don't expect mm-hmm. Trump to go away quietly. He's now been banned for life from Twitter. Um, yes. I'm not exactly sure of his current status on Facebook and YouTube. I know they pulled him down for a bit, but I think he might have access to YouTube again because he posted that fake concession same. video. Uh, funnily enough, on the the Donald.win site, they were all convinced, or a lot of them were con- convinced that it was uh, a deep fake yeah. video, that it wasn't really yeah. him. And it did kind of look weird. It kind of looked because he was scared. It kind of looked a little bit green screened, like he was in a bunker right. somewhere, and they were green screening the White House Could have behind. Been. Yeah, uh, off, just off screen, milkshake over there. But um, well, here's the thing. Let, let me try to answer that he, question. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, I was going to say, why do you think he, get, he did the concession video then? If he, the day yeah. before he gave his speech, saying we will never concede, you just don't do it. Right. The next day he conceded. And was all uh, yeah. you, know, you? You don't represent America. You don't re- represent us. The to the to the yeah. rioters. Um, and then you say that the following day he came out and recanted again and said, "I didn't really want to make that video." Why do you think he did it? I think it was a moment, a perfect storm of things come together. I think there were enough people whispering into his ear. Look, four people have died. They've got you and Giuliani on tape saying we're marching to the Capitol, which, of course, he didn't. He jumped in his limousine and went right back to the uh, White House. But I think there was enough self-interest and fear at that moment for him to go, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Let me read it, get it done. And that second that it was over with. Trump's brain just started rolling the whole thing back. And he's like, you know, I shouldn't have done that because I didn't mean that, whatever. I think it was just a moment of self-survival that that just washed over him. And he regrets doing it now because, like I said a minute ago, a lot of people are pissed at him for turning his back on them. Telling them to go and march on the Capitol and then rebuking them the following yeah. day for marching on the Capitol. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he might be worried about Pence invoking the 25th Amendment and yeah. having him removed. Um, yeah. Well, how would you feel? Because we now know that Trump at no point did he call and check on Pence. Hey, are you still alive? Did they find you with the news? Uh, the news I told him where to find you. At. You know, whatever. There was no concern. Uh, and so those two not speaking to each other. But again, I don't think Pence has the testicular fortitude um, to do the 25th Amendment. It's not going to happen, which is why the House is moving forward on Wednesday with the impeachment process. Right. Yeah, I don't think he has either. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he had the testicular fortitude to deny the Electoral College votes, and he didn't. And I don't think he's going to invoke the 25th either. Did you just real quick? I have to ask when when they finally reconvened and they cleared the house, they checked for bombs, they got everybody out, and they reconvened. Pence gave a very very short speech. Did you see that? I respected the hell out of him. It was only like I don't know, maybe not even two minutes or whatever. But at the end of it, he says, "Let's get back to work," and he bangs the gavel, and he was pissed. He was scared. He knew where that was coming from because it was Trump who told him to all go there. And so I I don't respect Mike Pence or his beliefs, but for that moment, I was like, this guy is worked up and he's going to make sure this thing goes through come hell or high water. And I loved him for that moment. He was going to certify Pence. that. Mike Pence part. has been Trump's lapdog for four yeah, years. That's what's so ironic about it because Pence was just as much danger as everyone else. Yeah. I don't know. His emotions seemed up. 
And it wasn't just because he, his, his wife was around and he called her mommy. I, for whatever reason, he was as worked up as I've ever seen him in a yeah, non-sexual setting. <laughs> fuck him in the horse he rode in on. I mean, that's what happens yes. when you play with psychopaths. Yes. They'll throw you under the bus in a heartbeat because they only yeah. care about themselves. Absolutely. Anywho, um, so, you know, look, I, I've been saying this for a long time, but I'll repeat it just because uh, I like to bore people. Um, I don't think these divisions are going away. You know, Biden can talk about unity all he wants. And this is actually the, the African-American history professor that mm. I was listening to. She was saying she was using the, this analogy, you know, Biden talking about unity, we all need to come together. Um that's what Isaac uh, Rutherford Hayes did, uh, the same sort of thing. Right. But it, it, there was never really any unity. She was saying when he did that deal, mm-hmm. it basically allowed the – whilst the South knew that they had lost the war, they right. st- continued to believe and many people continue to believe today that they were on the right side of the war even though they yes. lost. Yes, by doing the peace deal with them and withdrawing the federal troops, uh, it, it helped them convince themselves, continue to convince themselves mm-hmm. that uh, it was a victory in a way and that they were on the right side. Yeah. She's saying if you don't go and uh, uh, squash this this yeah. movement, every single one of them, and burn it out of its roots, my words, not hers, Right. Uh, it's not going away. These people will continue it? to believe they're on the side of truth and, and righteousness. Yeah. So, so yeah. you have to you have to burn it out. Yeah. And if I could just add on to to something that you've been harping on for years, qui bono. Even in the middle of a crisis, on the very day that the Capitol was being stormed, there were certain groups on uh, social media using that to promote um, getting more people to join them, more registrations, getting more donations. Never forget that even though this is a crisis, it's still a money-making opportunity for some. So there's another reason it's not, it's not ever going to end. But you asked a couple of minutes ago, what comes next? Here's the best I can give you based off personal firsthand experience. When when uh, Obama was elected, I, I just assumed a whole bunch of white people in the South and other places were going to be pissed. But let's be honest, Obama was one of the whitest black presidents there ever was. I mean, he behaved himself. He he, he you know well, he, he was the only black president there he, ever was. But but you know what I'm saying? He towed the line. He towed the white line. He he did a, you know he was basically yeah. he had a lot of policies at Bush who came right before him. So the point is. It did matter. People that I'm related to in South Carolina were so pissed. They were more than ready to vote for Trump, no no matter that he's not qualified or whatever. They were so angry that a black man desecrated the White House. They were going to go full the other really? way, which is Trump. That's, yeah. oh, that's yeah. really how they were, like just the that's black how- man... Sitting in the Oval Office is and and Michelle Obama Ipso and Michelle, facto. Oh, sh- they they were pissed at Mich- Michelle Obama as well. So here's here's my answer. Biden probably can only do one term. If he's smart, he'll only do one term. He turns it over to Kamala. She's in the White House, or at the very least, she runs. Which is another reason for these same people to get all worked up again. They're the very same reason. Nothing is learned. Nothing has changed. And like you just said, if they don't get punished, we will do this all over again in 48 years from now. So that's what comes next. How it's going to, the details, don't worry about details. This is not going anywhere because this is 
who we are. I hate it when people say this is in America. Oh my God, this, the mass killings, the shoes, the sh uh, shootings in the schools, the riots, the black and the deaths we've had. Oh my God, this is not who we are. This is exactly who we are. And it's who we actually face it, which takes courage, which is lacking in this country and a lot of other countries. And until we face it, nothing is going to change. Yeah, no, you're right. And the, the again, the African American historian said the same thing where people yeah. say this is not who we are. She goes, this is absolutely hey, the people who say yeah. that have got no appreciation of American history. Yeah. Or they got all white friends. And so they're not tested. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah. So look, it's um, look, I, uh, uh, again, Chrissy berated me constantly that day for appearing to be exhibiting Schadenfreude and I'm kept trying to look. It's not. I'm not happy about this. I don't want yeah. to see anyone anywhere in the world get hurt. Right. But um, you know, there is a certain sense of uh, satisfaction knowing that you're that you predicted a turn of events that everyone said you were crazy. Right. Um, and uh, again, and I also do think that America needs some sort of a revolution. And the sooner yeah. the better. It's yeah. you got to rip the Band-Aid off at some stage. Right. Look, uh, and it's, you know, up until the last year, I've always said it's the people around the rest of the world that suffer at the hands of America as a superpower, particularly mm -hmm. in poorer countries. Yes. People in the Middle East, people in Latin America in particular, uh, and people in different parts of Asia have suffered in the last, you know, decades uh, mm -hmm. uh, at the hands of American planners and their direct or indirect support for extremist right-wing governments and dictatorships. Yeah. Um, but, of course, in the last year, 350,000 Americans have died as well as a result of your domestic politics. Yeah. And that's not so going it's, anywhere. So, America, it's, you know, Americans... Yeah desperately yeah. need a change. And again, I don't think it's a Republican versus Democrat thing. You know, Democrats obviously think, well, everything's okay now that Biden's going to be in the White House in a couple of weeks. Right. But um, And whilst I'm sure he will do a better job in many ways that Trump did in utilization of science towards handling things like pandemics, mm -hmm. you've still got a massive chunk of the population that aren't going to give a rat's ass what Biden yeah. says or does or promotes. You're not going to get those 70 million people who voted for Trump on no. board unless there's, you know, what you need is re-education camps. Uh, you need to go to Xi Jinping and say, Xi Jinping and say, listen, uh, those, those, those Uyghur re-education camps, oh, we now suddenly think they're a good idea. What we need to right. do is build re-education camps around America and yeah. put everyone who voted for Trump yeah. into a re-education camp. I well, mean, what, what do you do? Yeah. You got to uh, this Something, whole. Yeah. Well, they're they're free to have their opinions. I mean, you got to look at what Germany did after World War II. I mean, they weren't like, well, you know, we're free to let the people be Nazis. You know, it's a democracy here. If you want to yeah. be a Nazi, you can be a Nazi. No, they went. Yeah. Sorry, shut it down. <laughs> yeah, shut it down. Sorry, and, and, no, and no Jeff, longer Japan acceptable. Yeah, Shut it right. down. We're, Shut we it are down. no longer mil militaristic. Fuck that, because that got us our ass kicked. No more. Yeah. And that was, you know, th that shutting it down mm -hmm. in a democracy 
which West Germany and Japan, you know, became more of after, uh, well, it was a, Germany was already a democracy, obviously, but yeah. it was um, accelerated, some new structures were put into place, all mm-hmm. heavily supported by the United States, you know, like planned, engineered, orchestrated by the United right. States in both cases with guns, guns pointing at them. That helps. And tons of cash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely happy with the idea of shutting down freedom of speech and freedom of political opinion and thought when it verged on extreme right, fascist uh, or or militaristic uh, behaviours. Yeah. Well, I guess the one thing that scares me is that um, all elections from now on, all presidential elections and probably congressional elections, they're all going to be pretty much decided by a couple thousand votes, 51 to 49%. That's just who we are as, as a country. It's all going to be like that. And every time someone's side loses, they're going to say, oh, well, if it was that close, maybe there was some fraud going on. And so we're no longer going to trust our own elections, no matter how many people say are certified, no matter how many times it's recounted. And so this is just a cycle that we are on now. Everything is, it's a do or die, all or nothing, never believe the other side. And if they win, they absolutely cheated. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster. We're just going to keep boiling over until, like you said, a civil war of in some form is going to happen. But uh, yeah, unless there's some, I, I don't know, we would have to be attacked by a third party country to even have a, maybe we can beg Canada to attack us. I don't know. Uh, But we would have to be attacked uh, by a third party to even have any chance to come together because only an outside threat would do that. Uh, But it's, it's quite scary the direction we're going in. And I think we're speeding up all at the same time. Yeah. It's um, you know, it, it, it builds on itself. Yeah. Um, I posted an article the other day by an Australian journalist, Stan Grant. Um, Stan's a bit of a legend here. He's been around a long time. He's an Indigenous Australian, um, used to host a news show here. These days he's the international affairs analyst, I think, for the ABC. Um, He wrote an article called The Sick Politics at the Heart of This Week's US Crisis Goes Deeper Than Donald Trump. And I really like this. It articulated well what I've been trying to say in a clumsy way on the show for many years. Let me read you bits of it. This week's insurrection in Washington has been shocking, but not at all surprising. It's part of a long, deep unraveling of America. The angry mobs storming the Capitol building reflect a broken country where tens of millions of people have traded the American dream for American carnage and no longer know what truth is. American politics, business, and media have been complicit in delivering the U.S. to this moment. The sad scene of a country that billed itself as a beacon of democracy, always contestable anyway, now tearing itself apart has also revealed the hypocrisy of those condemning it. Former President George W. Bush says it is a sickening and heartbreaking attack on democracy. America, he says, resembles a banana republic. But this is from a man who pushed the idea of Saddam Hussein possessing weapons of mass destruction as a pretext for the invasion of Iraq. His lies led to more than 100,000 Iraqi deaths upturned the Middle East, setting off unending conflict and cost the US $2 trillion. Bill Clinton says the attack on the US Capitol building is fueled by four years of poisonous politics by Donald Trump. This is Clinton, who as president disgraced the White House, perjured himself and became only the second president to be impeached. Donald Trump became the third. While Trump peddles his conspiracies of election fraud, remember Hillary Clinton told Democrats there was a vast right-wing conspiracy trying to destroy her husband's presidency. 
American political leaders have been playing loose with the truth, deepening partisan divisions and whipping up anger amongst their supporters for decades. Trump has exploited sick politics from Richard Nixon's Watergate lies and corruption to Bush and Clinton. The road leads to Donald Trump. The president's dangerous delusions and his crazed followers should remind us that America is always teetered on the edge of collapse, a nation born in crisis and awash with bloodshed. Let's not forget it was created by revolution, torn apart by civil war and has seen presidents assassinated. The 1960s were marked by violence, revolt and political killings and they lit the fuse for division and tribalism. America is locked in a perpetual culture war, lacerated by class, race and faith. It goes on and on and on, but um, it was it's a really good article. I highly recommend everyone reads it because he, he again, perfectly articulates what I've been trying to say for years is mm-hmm. Trump is not the problem. Trump is a symptom. And I said the same thing about George W. Bush. He wasn't the problem. He was a symptom of this underlying, right. these fundamental underlying problems in the United States. And, uh, yeah, I just can't see anything clearing it up without, as you said, either a foreign power intervening or uh, a, a civil war. Yeah. The one thing that I found interesting, and I think this was literally right before the mob broke into the Capitol was, and, and this this proves in that article that this, this is not something that's new. This is decades old. There were a lot of Republicans who were throwing around the word socialist. We have to safeguard our country, our policies, our government, our schools against socialism or whatever. And I'm thinking, how is that sexy nowadays? But again, it's if you're on the right, it's it's your go-to. Um, um, voodoo man, you know, you scare people with socialism, you know, whatever, even though we, the cold war is over, even though Russia's collapsed, people still use that word. It's something evil. It's something bad. It's something corrupt. And it will take everything you have away from you. Even though the Republicans give themselves massive tax cuts, we spend way too much money on military. I mean, there's plenty of ways to ruin a country. Let's try ruin it, ruining it the socialist way by helping people and having universal health care and helping with uh, infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. I don't get how that still works, but the fact that they're still using that word as a boogeyman just shows that nothing's really changed since the time of Nixon, since the time of Reagan. Since the time of FDR. Exactly. You know, yeah. it goes Because he goes was the one right who acknowledged back. the new Soviet Union. Yeah, he was the first president, which uh, pissed off a lot of uh, – and he introduced the New Deal, and all the corporations accused that of social, accused him of socialism. Yes. Said the New exactly. Deal was socialist. They've and been f- fighting it ever still, since. Still evil, somehow. Anyway, yeah. Well, um, just changing topics. Yeah. Um, Brisbane went into lockdown for three days over the right. weekend. I just want to uh, explain this, particularly for Americans, so mm-hmm. you can see how to do this shit right. So. <laughs> Watch Put, me. This is how you do it. <laughs> well, I, I had nothing to do with it. I get no, no, credit Australians. to our politicians. Yeah. Right. So um Australia, you know, we went into lockdown uh like everywhere did in March, April, June. We came out of it mid-June, briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queensland stayed out of it until last week. Victoria had an incident uh, in July where they had a security guard at one of the quarantine hotels contract the virus. He was running around the the society for two weeks before anyone figured it out. And so they, they had another period of lockdown for a couple of months. 
Sydney's had on and off small hot spots, but they've been able to keep it mostly under control. Queensland uh, didn't have a single locally transmitted case of coronavirus between June and uh, January. Oh, my, no, insane. four months. We might have had one or two, actually, uh, in right. between. Still. So four months. But we've been out of lockdown between June and January, six, seven months of right. no lockdown, complete freedom, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, well, that's not true. And it, we, we, we still had restrictions for a couple of months on uh, the number of people you can have in a restaurant and Still. being able to stand up and dance at bars and that kind of stuff. But mostly, no, no. <laughs> that's still restricted. White man overbite is restricted <laughs> everywhere. That's why oh I'm God. setting up white man right. club. It's uh, It sounds racist. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's let's not. go with a different name. Let's go with a different just, name. We'll call it the Overbite Club. There we it's go. Just, it's just for white men who can want to do the white man overbite <laughs> without feeling judged. You know, we all just stand yeah. around and we do the white man overbite. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> for people who aren't watching Sorry. this on video, make sure you go to our yeah. YouTube channel and watch Ray on video at that section. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to turn Sex that into an anim- going to turn that into an animated <laughs> gif after this. <laughs> Sex on stick, baby. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, so you <laughs> because do. I've been watching you on social media. Oh, we went out to dinner. Oh, we saw a show. Or we, and I'm like, who in the fuck is going out? I haven't been in a restaurant since March or whatever. Well, there are I just, no restaurants. In, you live in the middle of nowhere. You, you've been out though. You've been out. Yes. I haven't been to a restaurant, theater, you know, whatever. Uh, besides the park, and that was during the summer. And now it's cold, and these four walls are closing in on me. So again, because y'all listen to science, you got some of the benefits. Have you been sitting down at your typewriter going, all work and no play makes Ray a dull boy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Walking around with your axe. (laughs) Here's Johnny. Um, What's my Jack Nicholson face? (laughs) That's pretty good. I'm going to have nightmares. Here's Johnny. Make sure y'all check Uh, that out as well if you're not watching this. So uh, what happened here is a week or so ago, uh, a cleaner – at one of our quarantine hotels was uh, tested, found to be positive with the UK strain of oh, COVID, right. which is considered something like 70% more uh, contagious than the original variant that we had here. One person, we had one person with yeah. the virus, we Don't went into lockdown. Our premier... Right. Anastasia Palaget, woman, Labour, so, uh, uh, you know, on the quote-unquote progressive side of the aisle, although they're not that progressive, the Labor Party these days. Uh, She went, hey, listen, uh, a chief health officer says we should go on a lockdown for three days just so we can test everyone that may have been in contact with this woman and all the places that she went just to see if we can find any other cases of the virus. Um, And Brisbane did it. Everyone went, fuck, yeah, okay, good, good. It doesn't sound right. Good. (laughs) Good job. You're supposed to have good riots I, in the streets, no good masks. Idea. Good idea, Burn Anastasia. Something. Yeah, okay. We, so we did lockdown for three days. Pretty much everyone was compliant. Uh, Anastasia was posting drone videos and footage of Brisbane. You know, just no one no one went out. You were allowed right. to go out to the supermarkets for emergency supplies. You were allowed to 
go exercise outside with your family. Yeah. But you had to wear masks if you did those things. Um, and you had to have a real reason. Police were checking uh, you yeah. know, people to make sure you had a real reason, a genuine reason for being it. You had to be masked. Had to wear masks in your car, which was a first for us. Um, and you, it went over Saturday, Sunday, more Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday up to 6 p.m. Monday night. They, she mm-hmm. said, if you can work from home on Monday, do so. If you have to go to work, wear a mask, um, you know, be sensible. Anyway, everyone was compliant. By Monday night, we'd come out of lockdown. She said, we haven't found a single other case of coronavirus. Nice. Um, we're going to keep making masks mandatory in public settings for the next 10 days, restaurants, supermarkets, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, go about your business. Uh, there's a few limitations on the number of people you can have in retail dining for the next 10 yeah. days as well. But three days, uh, you know, um, what do they call it? It was a um, snap lockdown. Snap lockdown for three days. Right. We're back out of it. Go about your business. Um, yeah. And that's so, how you do it. We yeah. did find yeah, uh, last night it was announced that the cleaner's partner, boyfriend, is also tested positive with it, but he's been in quarantine for the last week anyway. So they're not really worried about that. So that's how you do it, people. You And when the rest of Australia, when we went into lockdown, the rest of the states put border bans on anyone coming in from Queensland. We've got a lot of border bans in place anyway because there was another minor hotspot breakout in Victoria. Week or two ago, I I couldn't go. I was supposed to be in Melbourne over the weekend for oh, yeah. a, a QAV event. I had to pull the pin on me going down. The event went ahead without me, which everyone seems to have been quite happy about. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they um, literally they <laughs> were going. You, you, you were missed, your... but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you weren't there. I was like, oh. do you want me to zoom in? They're like, no, it's good. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> Tony's there. We don't need you. Um, yeah. So we had some so border restrictions. Ray. Yes. You're the ray of that group. Uh, yeah, I am. Nice. Tony was telling me the other day he had to, he does, does about four hours of prep per episode. And I was like, right. don't do so much work, man. Why are you doing so much work? And then I realized. High five. I'm like you. Yeah. High five, yeah. <laughs> But see. You, and you, Tony was saying, yeah, no, yeah. no, I feel responsible that I have to do a good job and, you know, I want to make sure I give them good answers and I, I want to, right. you know. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, I've become the ray of this show. <laughs> so with everything you just said, I cannot answer why roughly 50% of the Americans, if they had to be able Virginia is now on lockdown, it's, you know, whatever. Um, if, they, if they announce some extra special lockdown, I have no idea. Automatically, 50% of the people in the state or any part of the country would automatically go, no, you can't do that. It's my right not to wear a mask. I can't breathe. You can't tell me what to do. I don't get the mentality. I don't, I can't explain it except for all the crap we've been hearing um, for decades about individual rights, state rights, and specifically, and I'm, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but basically Trump, from the very beginning, for him, masks were, uh, you know, I don't know, the jury's still out on that. I'm not really sure it's a, such a big deal. And because Just of inject that- bleach into your lungs instead. Yeah, yeah. Even if Trump was to say now, everybody start wearing masks. I think it's too late. I think it's baked in that they would go, no, it doesn't feel right. I think that's a deep fake video of you telling us to wear masks. I think his wish being wishy-washy on it from the very beginning destroyed any legitimacy. So that's where we are. And and it's not going to change. 
Yeah, and then you had people like Mike Schneider. And now, by the way, Mike Schneider, obviously, after we didn't have him on the show last week because he pulled out, he bitched and moaned uh, on Facebook yeah. saying that uh, we we besmirched his reputation. You were on the thread where he said, no, I'm too busy. I can't I can't make it, right? Right. Full of activities, something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Too busy. Yeah. So he pulled out. I just want to be clear on that for the record. Anyway, when I posted that we were coming out of lockdown and that we stopped it, he said, you can't stop the virus. You can only slow it down. I was like, uh, no, we stopped it. We right. stopped it back in June. We just stopped it again, and we will keep stopping it when we have breakouts yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to see it where we don't let them even get out of the hotel quarantine. I think we could do a much better job on managing that. Could be tighter. Because yeah. all of our breakouts in the last six months have come from people it, somehow getting out from people in hotel quarantine. Right. But right. Um, you can stop it. This He goes, well, you know, might, maybe it's easier because you're an island. It's got nothing to do with it's it. It's a big island. Yeah, but it's got look every every nation has border control. Whether you're an island or you're not an island, you have border yeah. control, right? Yeah. You get to decide who comes in and who doesn't come in. You have people sneaking over the Mexico border. We have people sneaking in on boats, uh, you mm-hmm. know, coming in from Indonesia and places like same that. Thing. We, we yeah. all have the same thing. Maybe coming in over the border is maybe a little bit easier than coming in on a boat, but not by much. We have to right. stop people coming in from boats. Well, we don't have to. I, I actually would say we shouldn't stop people coming in because we've got a big fucking country. I'm saying come yeah. on in. Come on in. We'll do. make you feel loved and cared for and make right. you a productive member of society and you'll thank us for it and you'll be a productive, you know, contributor to yeah. the economy and your kids and will you'll be, be productive. Off for it. Member. You know, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be like one of those immigrants. It's like I'm so grateful that Australia accepted me in and now, I, you know, I'm paying taxes and my children have got a good education. And Anyway, it's another story. Right. Right. We all, every country, whether you're in Ireland or not, has control over your borders or should have control over your borders to a great extent. Um, uh, it's got nothing to do with that. And he's like, well, I'm sure when you open up your borders again, you'll have it coming back in. Well, duh, motherfucker. That's why we haven't opened up our borders. Right. <laughs> Except I think most of the people coming in that are in the hotel quarantine tend to be uh, repatriated Aussies that were stuck overseas and we're, mm-hmm. we're bringing them back in dribs and drabs because they right. want to be here. And, and and why wouldn't you be? We, we've done right. a much better job at managing it than anywhere else except maybe New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got nothing to do with islands. And, yes, we shut our borders because that's a smart thing to do in a right. pandemic. That's rule number one in a global pandemic is you close your borders. And yeah. we close our state borders on and off as well as required. And it causes a lot of problems uh, for people wanting to visit family and vacations and that kind of stuff. But better than dying. pandemic. Well, yeah. yes, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm sorry that it's inconvenienced to you, uh, but that's just the way it is. When there's the plague, it is a little right. bit of an inconvenience. It would be yeah. equally inconvenient if we had a million people dead in the streets. Yeah. Did you see? I'm sorry, I can't remember if it's uh, Hulu or Netflix. I think it's Netflix. There's a documentary on the early phases of the pandemic in America. I finished watching that the other night. Um, I'll, I'll try to look it up. And when you post this, I'll, I'll put a uh, link or the title on there. I just want to tell you one quick story from that. So early on when uh, Jared Kushner was put in charge of uh, 
uh, was it mask? I think it was trying to get mask. Cause remember the way it end, the way the story ends is he's like, when we grab up all the masks, it's for the federal government. It's not to pass out to the States, which pissed everybody off. But here's the real quick story. Jared put out through social media. I need a bunch of young people who basically don't have to worry about money. Their parents has money. I need them all to come to Washington and we're going to create a little group and we're going to set these people down in a room and you're going to go out, you're going to call everybody in America and you're going to buy up all the masks you can. So they interviewed one of these guys for the documentary. He and about 10 or 11 other people spent four or five weeks calling they did not buy one single mask the entire time. They were never given purchase order numbers. The whole thing was a stage. It was all fake. It, it, it didn't lead to anything. But Jared said, I've got people on it. We're doing this. And, and we're getting as many masks as, as we can to be ready for this. And that's just one of the 25 examples of how the Trump administration. Why didn't they this buy up. masks? Mary. Um, they, they weren't, they weren't really there to buy masks. They weren't giving purchase orders. They weren't told who to call. They, uh, they weren't told any of the protocols of how to, to access or spend government money or to make an agreement with a, with a private company and the government. It was all for show, but it, there's pictures of Jared with a room full of young, dedicated, eager people on phones, on the computers, and they didn't do anything for four to six weeks. And they all eventually just went home. It was one of the more incredible parts of the documentary. Do you think at any level uh, behind the scenes, the Trump administration was saying, well, the people most risk are Democrats, uh, you know, overweight black people um, and all black people. And yeah, 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 we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I absolutely think that. And, and just give me 30 seconds to get on my soapbox and tell me which, and I think you will probably agree with this, but the pandemic could have been Trump's greatest moment. He could have gone out there and goes, you know what? I'm not a scientist, but I just talked to a whole bunch of scientists and holy fuck, this shit is real. And if it gets here, we're in a lot of trouble. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on Congress's ass. We're going to get out checks every month. We're going to do lockdowns. We're going to do masks. I'm going to produce all this thing. We are going to come together as a nation never before. This is our biggest challenge since World War II. And together we are going to kick the shit out of this vaccine. Uh, We're going to, we're going to, you know, deal with this virus and we're going to come together and I'm going to lead you through this. It could have been his greatest moment. He could have ended his presidency as a hero. He could have been one of the greatest presidents in the history book. He would have easily been reelected. He did not do any of that because it wasn't about him. It's not sexy. And like you just said, it was affecting the right kind of people at first. That could have been his moment for everybody in this country to love him. And he didn't do it because it wouldn't have been any fun. That's well, that, I think he could have done that, and that is exactly what Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, did to an extent. I right. think our success in handling the virus has got more to do with the state premiers, our version mm-hmm. of governors, uh, than Morrison, but Morrison it's mostly the did the sense. right thing. Yeah, and I, right. I got zero respect for Scott Morrison. He's a right. complete complete cunt. Uh not least because he's a happy clapper fundamentalist evangelical right. Christian, but just because, you know, he's he's bad people. You know, his treatment of indigenous people, his general policies regarding the poor, the left the less privileged, asylum yeah. seekers, the economy, um, all of that kind of stuff has been very, very poor. However, right. 
Uh, and, and his mishandling of the bushfires at the beginning of last year where he mm. went on holiday to Hawaii when half the country was on fire, said, not right. my problem, not my problems right. for the premiers to handle it. He learned from that. Uh, and when the virus hit, he did demonstrate leadership. He stood up and he said, listen, um, I know no, nobody wants to do this, but we have to do this. We have to take this seriously or yeah. it's going to completely fuck us. Um, he's our chief medical officer. This is what he says. Uh, let's all just take this shit seriously, lock it down, try and get through it as quickly as possible. We're going to go into lockdown for six weeks. I think yeah. we might be through it in six months if we do a good job. Um, and the premiers jumped on board uh, and all took it extremely seriously, locked our borders right. down, put massive controls in place about, you know, uh, social distancing and all that kind of stuff. And Scott Morrison, you know, he hasn't had a re-election yet. He's coming up for re-election in the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may may do well out of it. We'll we'll see. It, it may play to his favour, although he's sort of, you know, fucked up along the way as well. But um, we'll see. You know, but, yes, this, this, this is the time in great times of great crises is when you see what your leaders are made of. Obviously, Trump failed. Boris yeah. Johnson failed. Uh, I think pretty much the leaders of the entire world so far outside of Australia and New Zealand have got an F on their report card for their handling yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, you say F. I mean, we've only got 352,000 dead. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe, and, and, and they keep saying the worst is yet to come. And I'm sure you've been reading reports about our rollout of the vaccine. That as well has been shit. So this is not going to be over within two or four or six months. We, we might be looking at another year. That's just. I heard the, this. This is who we are as America. I heard the other day that you'd hit a new record high of over four thousand deaths in a single just day. Just over four thousand deaths in one day, and yeah, when you get like two hundred and thirty, two hundred and fifty thousand new cases a day, you're going to get those kind of numbers. And and I and I right before I came on the show, there was a couple of either no, it wasn't senators. There was a couple of House representatives that got COVID while they were in lockdown, hiding from the rioters, and so they you know they were all forced into a small room together. So now if someone in that room had COVID because there's a couple of new cases there. So it just it just adds on. But uh, yeah, this isn't going to stop anytime soon. We we could be looking at a whole nother year of this. Half of course, it is fake. Dead. So it's a hoax. Mm, so it's mm. okay. Sorry. And I'm, I'm seeing people in Australia continuing to post that on Facebook too. A former business partner of mine, back when I started mm-hmm. Motherload, guy was my business partner, is, right. who I've known for 30 years. He's always been a really smart guy. All of a sudden, he's become a crazy conspiracy theorist and he's going on Jeez. about, oh, it's all overblown and, you know, they're spreading fear and blah, 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 blah. Taking your um, away. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and going on. That's one thing we haven't talked about. So we should finish up by talking about this: the banning of Trump from Twitter and the mm-hmm. um, banning of Parler uh, right. on the Apple Store, the Google Store. They've been kicked off of Amazon Web Services now. Mm-hmm. You know, I did mention before that <clears throat> look, I'm all for freedom of speech. I have a very, very high tolerance for freedom of speech and a difference of opinion, political right. opinion, social opinion. I'm dead against shutting down opinions that we don't agree with. I'm dead against 
shutting down people for saying things that are socially awkward or socially unacceptable, um, the whole cancel culture stuff. I'm dead against all of that mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Uh, I say right. a lot of stuff people don't like. Um, that said, there has to be a line somewhere. And the famous thing is, you know, shouting fire in a crowded theatre. Right. You know, I've been trying to explain this to a number of people uh, on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. There is no absolute freedom in any society that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. When you participate in a society, when you choose to live in a society, as opposed to going out and building a cabin in the woods and living by yourself, right. when you choose to live in a society, there's a social contract that you are agreeing to, tacitly agreeing to. Mm-hmm. That social contract is I am going to benefit from living amongst other people who will provide me with goods and services that will make my life easier and better. Um, And what I'm giving up in order to live in that society is absolute freedom. Mm -hmm. I can't walk down the street and jerk off into somebody's plate of food um, as much as I would like to because that sounds like a lot of fun. I just can't, can't do that and expect to get away with it. Right. There will be consequences. Yes. I can't rape. I can't murder. I can't do dangerous things like drive my car 200 kilometers an hour down a street. I can't, uh, in, in my country, I can't walk around carrying a weapon, any weapon. I can't carry a knife. I can't carry nunchucks. Certainly can't uh, carry a gun. Badass. Sorry. <laughs> I can't Sorry. carry shurikens. Um right. Or a bazooka. There, there are certain things you just can't do right. in society. That's the trade-off. Yeah. You and you social can't contract. do things. Right. Social contract. Social contract. Yeah. Right. You can't do things that will put other people at danger to a, at mm-hmm. a reasonable level of danger. Yes, you can drive a car and yes, cars are dangerous, but we've come to a, an agreement in society that we're willing to tolerate the level of danger that cars present, within certain, represent right, within limits. certain limits yeah, yeah. because of the advantages that they provide us economically and socially. Mm-hmm. Right. There are trade-offs, Right. Um, and it's the same with, you know, the, the, the well, you know, lockdowns and wearing masks. No, you don't have absolute freedom to not wear a mask because by not wearing a mask, you're putting other people yeah. at risk. If, yeah. if it is decided by our chief medical authorities, chief health authorities, that it is um, unsafe for people to walk around for a period of time not wearing masks, then you should abide by that because you have a responsibility to the polis. You have a responsibility to society. As a member of society, you have a responsibility. You have a, a, you should have a sense of community about you where you are responsible for looking after the people around you as well as yourself, as long as right. in doing so you're not severely restricting your own uh, ability for you know happiness and to fulfill your own needs and desires. There's a balance. There's a trade-off, yeah. and I think it's the same with services like Parlor. Now, Parlor, as far as I understand, was funded and established by the Mercer family, who also were one of the primary funders of Trump's campaign, mm. and it was deliberately established by them 
to create the kind of dialogue that led to the insurrection, the attempted coup at the US Capitol. And the reason AWS and Apple and Google, et cetera, have been kicking Parler off their services is because they say, listen, we have terms in place. Part of those terms are that your platform cannot be used to incite violence. Yeah. You have to have moderation in place to make sure that any discussion that's about inciting violence or extreme levels of intolerance are removed promptly. And if you aren't willing to do that or can't do that, and in every one of these cases, as I understand it, Parler refused to abide by these terms. They were given warning. They refused to abide by it, so they were removed. Now, yes, is that limiting freedom of speech? Yes, it is. But we don't have absolute freedom of speech in this country, whether or not it's a corporation providing the platform or the government providing some sort of, you know, freedom to stand up in a park on a soapbox and bitch and moan. Yeah. Um, one of those is constitutionally protected in your country. We don't have a constitution in our country. Well, we do, but it's different to your constitution. We don't have, we don't have right. a bill of rights uh, attached to our constitution, I guess, is the right way of putting it in this country. Um, and freedom of speech is not protected in our constitution. Mm. We don't have a Bill of Rights protecting it either. All we have is legal precedent. Um, but, uh, you know, freedom of speech anywhere has limits on it. And, and you can't use that to incite violence. Now, flip side to that is I do believe in violence. I believe violence is necessary. I believe a violent revolution historically has been necessary in many occasions to overthrow an entrenched, powerful, oppressive government. The only way to remove a powerful, oppressive government that has the military and the police force on its side is through violence. There is really no other way. I mean, you can do a whole Gandhi thing, but anyone who has studied that period knows that it wasn't Gandhi's peaceful protests that removed the British from India. It was a combination of violent movements in the country and Mm -hmm. the devastation of the UK by World War II. They had to pull out of all of their um, global imperial conquests to various extents because they just couldn't afford to maintain them anymore. They'd already leached all of the money out of India anyway. There was... uh, (laughs) was, uh, yeah. Well, they call it the um, uh, where you get where, where you keep investing more and more, forgetting less cycle of oh, diminishing, diminishing returns. returns. Yeah, yeah. diminishing yeah. returns. Yeah. yeah. Well, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm spent. Well, just the other night, Heather and I were watching the latest uh, episode. Well, the latest episode for us for Bridgerton, and they go to the the Duke's house. He's got this massive, massive house, multiple wings. Just one room is actually longer than our entire house. And I just to ruin it for my wife, I imagine you do this for Chrissy all the time. It's like you know, a lot of the money it took to build that castle, and that's exactly what it is as a castle comes from opium running. It comes from slavery. It comes from going to other parts of the world, taking their resources resources and bringing it back here and not paying shit for it because you got it at the, at the point of a gun and you so it's 100 profits and so you can afford to build amazing castles like this all over england and so 
she hit me, but that's not the point. The point is that's why you, that's why capitalists have colonies to go and rape the land. A, um, as far as minerals, as far as the people, as far as everything. And that's what Britain did. And like you said, they had to get out because they had lost everything. They had spent everything during the war. But when you see those castles, don't forget where the money came from. Yeah. Yeah, one of our Cold War listeners, I think Daniel Hicks, uh, took mm-hmm. umbrage um, on Facebook yesterday and he asked me, what's your deal with hating on embarrassed, bashing America or something to that point? And, uh, you know, he said, look, we're, you know, we may have hegemony, but, you know, we've used it for good. We've tried to spread democracy and empower people and all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I was like, good well, that's a, that's a very favourable way to <laughs> position it. And right. just, you know, and I've said this before, and I know people get sick of me uh, beating up on America, but mostly Americans and, like, fucking tough. Like, I really don't care that you get tired of me beating up on America because America's been beating up on the world for 70 years or 100 years, so just fucking get over it. Like, who yeah. gives a shit that it hurts your feelings and not me? Snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> But the point isn't about America for America's sake. America, as I said to Daniel on Facebook, just another uh, uh, empire, and like all empires, it's run by a relatively small group of privileged elite who use the empire and its resources, its forces, its military to increase their wealth and power by preying on the weak around the world. Every empire has done that. America is no different in any way, shape, or form from empire, apart from the colors. Okay. Yeah, those are different. Like, okay, America hasn't gone around the world and literally using the military taken over governments and, uh, you know, uh, planted yeah. their flag and said, we now run this, like the like Britain did in India. Right. They've right. used gunboat diplomacy. That's what economic uh, threats, gunboat diplomacy on the edges, uh, economic threats in between time. They, they figured out it's a much smarter way to rule the world mm-hmm. is with money. And I think the Marshall That's Plan was the beginning of this. Right. It's if, yeah. if, if we can buy our way into forcing your government to abide by the rules that we're going to put in place for how this is all going to work, who you're going to trade with, who you're not going to trade with, who you're going to elect, who you're not going to elect, those sorts of things, that's far better. It creates far less PR disasters than actually putting troops on the ground. They particularly learned that, obviously, during Vietnam. You know, a lot of... Caused a lot of distress back home. Much easier if you just do it using the World Bank and the IMF and by bribing generals and dictators. And and, and like we've talked about recently in the Cold War show in Italy, um, funneling tens or hundreds of millions of dollars into countries to overthrow uh, governments, to to fund elections, to spread propaganda about the opponents of the people that you actually want to win the election. A lot of clever, clever stuff, right? So it's different in that way. And it's also different in the way that it's propagandized its imperial intentions to its own people. If you go, if you're saving the world, if you went to England in the 19th century and talked to a classic 
British uh, person. Yeah, thumping and their they chest. Would say, yeah. yeah. Yes, we are uh, an imperial power. We're a mighty imperial power. We're proud of the fact that mm-hmm. we're an imperial power. And yes, we are taking over all of these countries. And um, it's good for them because we're civilizing the savages and we're bringing. You're welcome. We're, yeah, we're bringing our culture and our civilization. We're bringing tea. Which is superior. <laughs> well, Sorry. we're actually taking tea out of <laughs> India and. <laughs> But you know we are. But you do this, so it makes it better. <laughs> getting our China from China, and right. then forcing opium, opium on the Chinese and getting the tea and bring and <laughs> yeah, it, they were proud of their imperialness. Um, yes. You know the French uh, during Napoleon's reign uh, on uh, in the better days were proud of the size and the might of their mm-hmm. empire and their the extension of their power. The the, the people you know, were were believers in empire and better than yes. it's us than somebody else's empire for us. With Just, America, yeah. particularly during the 60s, it became very unfashionable for America to demonstrate openly its empire. Mm-hmm. So it's right. had to propagandize internally that we're doing it, as Daniel Hicks said, uh, to to spread democracy and empower the people. Absolutely. It's the the Americans have been conditioned that no 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 we're the good guys this isn't even yes. an empire yeah you're welcome well see yes. and, and the 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 one the one plank of that that I most love looking back obviously is like you know since the end of World War II look we don't want to be doing this we'd much rather leave you alone and just focus on ourselves like before the war we don't even like other people let's be honest we don't we're, we're reluctant heroes but the communists. We have to go out and we have to stop them. We have to contain them. And if that means controlling every other part of the world, that's unfortunately what we have to do. I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here, but that's who we are. We are reluctant heroes. And that is what, that is how Americans perceive ourselves. And as we've explored on this show and on the Cold War show, there was an enormous amount of money, time and effort spent over decades and decades yes. and decades Still building that propaganda and yeah. uh, drilling it into the minds of generations after generations of it's common sense now Americans to yeah. us it's common sense and it and it leached outside of your shores as I've pointed out many times mm-hmm. uh, and I pointed out again to Daniel I grew up with that kind of thinking from American media that I consumed. Right. In my 20s, I was right-winger. I voted mm-hmm. for our conservative politicians. I read conservative literature. I read Ayn Rand. I read Milton Friedman. I read Nixon's books. I read Kissinger's books. I read biographies on Ronald Reagan. I admired Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I was uh, a little, I was Michael J. Fox on. Uh, Love him. Yeah. Family ties, family man. Ties. Yeah. 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 My and dream was. on as- the right side. Yes. And you knew you were. Because yeah. I came from a poor family with no education mm-hmm. and I made something of myself. I put on a suit. I got a briefcase. I went to the big city. I worked hard. I made more money than anyone in my family had ever made. I was making, in my late 20s, I was making more money in a year than my father made in 20 years. I yeah. was driving a BMW. I had a $500,000 inner city townhouse that I bought. 
I had shares. I had a portfolio. I was mm-hmm. flying business class around the world or first nice. class often. I had, you know, a corporate card I could use to do anything. I worked for one of the biggest and most admired companies in the world. I was living high and I told myself, I did this. Right. This is me. I did this. My hard work, my yeah. hard effort. I worked, I sacrificed, I didn't go out and party like everyone else did in their 20s. I stopped drinking when I was 18. I worked hard. I worked my way up from nothing to this. I'm the fucking man. And then I started reading more broadly and I started reading more history and I had the intellectual integrity to go, oh, fuck, I'm completely wrong on everything that I think, right? (laughs) I'm the beneficiary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the beneficiary of all the people that came before me and sacrificed so much. The free healthcare, the free education, the freedom from violence, the freedom to travel and to to do all of these sorts of things. I was lucky that I was born with a high IQ. A lot of people aren't. I was smart enough to be able to, you know, fast talk my way into jobs that I really didn't deserve. Right. Uh, and I read more and I and I started to f- feel more compassion for the people around the world who didn't have it as good as I did because they were born in the wrong place and born yeah. at the wrong time and born to the wrong parents and all of those sorts of things through wrong no color. doing of their own. Born yeah. with the wrong color. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand the, the right viewpoint because I was there for, you know, the first 10 years of my adult life until I read more. So what I always say to people like that, I said this to Daniel is my suggestion is read more broadly, Yeah, you know, read Chomsky, read Parenti, read um, Che, read Castro, read the writings of the people on the left. Even if you read Marx, read Mm -hmm. Lenin, read Stalin, read all of these guys, even if you expect to disagree with them, read them anyway. Right. Maybe you will still disagree with them. Maybe you won't. Maybe you will develop some new ideas along the yeah. way. Yeah. But at least you'll know what you're talking about either way, and most people don't when they're talking about the other side. It's good advice. Which is also why you should have lots of gay sex because you don't know. Maybe you'll like it. Okay. Um, there's no one here. Look at you pretending like that's a new idea to you. I mean, I guess I could move on from Ray Bear animal animal husbandry, but sure, I'll give it a shot. That's fine. It's fine. All right, that's the show for today. It's way too way too warm here. Um, too cold here. We'll try and do another one next week. I think over the next few weeks we should do a bullshit filler every week because it's gonna there's gonna be a lot to talk about. We're gonna need to. There's gonna yeah. be a, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I can't talk to my wife this. about it because she gets you, angry at me. Yeah, you, no. you're the only person I can talk to. Cam, I need you and I want you to come to me for all your needs. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to being able to come to you in person to get my needs met, Ray. <laughs> one day, one day. See you, buddy. See ya. <laughs>
bullshit. 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 Bullsh